Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ang episode na ito ay mula sa Bago Ang Lahat podcast. Kung nagustuhan nyo ito, hanapin lang ang Bago Ang Lahat sa inyong podcast app at kilalanin ang ilang mauhusay na Pilipino bago sila sumikat. Ang taon ay 1992. Ang Pilipinas ay nasa isang health crisis. More than 1 million children are malnourished and more than 100,000 children die before they turn 5 years old. At ang kinamamatay nila ay ang mga sakit na napoksana sa ibang third world countries. Diarrhea, tuberculosis, typhoid fever. Pero isang doktor ang magtatangkang baguhin ang sitwasyong ito. Si Health Secretary Juan Flavier. Inilungsad niya ang programang Ceasefire for Children o Plan Alice Disease. Ito ang pinakamalawak na kampanya sa pagpapabakuna sa kasaysayan ng Pilipinas at hinikayat ni Dr. Flavier ang lahat upang tumulong. He traveled all over the country. He met with celebrities, media practitioners, teachers, priests, and even armed separatists and communist rebels. And he showed how sincere he was by meeting some of them in Zamboanga. There was no security with him. Tanong sa kanya ng isang rebelde, Alam niyo ba, Dok, na sa isang bala lang ay eh, pwede na kayong mamatay? Ang sagot niya, Mabuti pala, four feet lang ang tangkad ko kung ganun. Mas mahirapan kayong tamaan ako. Tawanan ng lahat at biglang gumaan ang usapan. Tanong ng mga rebelde, Bakit niyo ba ginagawa to? Ang sagot niya, Dahil mahal ko ang inyong mga anak. Kung maaari, padaanin niyo ng ligtas ang ating mga volunteer. Sagot naman nila, Kung mahal mo ang aming mga anak, mas mahal namin sila. Kaya bibigyan namin kayo ng seguridad at titiyakin naming magagawa ng mga volunteer ang trabaho nila. And so at the end of the quote-unquote ceasefire, almost 100% of children were vaccinated. Let's get to know the man behind this victory. Kilala natin ang ating mga leader, reformer at innovator para sa mga nagawa nila. Pero bago ang lahat, sino nga ba sila? Bago ang lahat, Stories from the Youth of Our Nation's Leaders, an award-winning podcast of the Youth Leadership for Democracy or Youth-led, a project of the Asia Foundation and the United States Agency for International Development, powered by Puma Podcast. Sa unang episode ng Season 2, kilalanin natin si Juan Flavier, isang senador, health secretary, at doctor to the barrios. I'm your host, Kat Ventura, and today I'm joined by my co-host... Hi! I'm Sam C. Madriaga, isang occupational therapy student at isang youth-led fellow. Hi! 
Hi Sam, kamusta? So you're an occupational therapy student. This is very exciting. Anong alam mo tungkol kay Dr. Juan Clavier? Alam mo, Kat, ang pinakatumatak sa akin ay ang popular line niya na you can do it. Yeah. Kasama ang kanyang catchy taglines like Yossi Kadiri at pagpapasinayan ng Doctor to the Barrios program. Yeah, oo nga, yung you can do it na yan. Hanggang ngayon, nagagamit pa yan eh. Well, actually, ako naman, I had the privilege of having his son, si Dr. John D. Flavier, as my host dun sa isa naming show sa si Signal TV called Clinica Flavier. So, This is a very good story. Actually, very excited for this. True. Actually, ngayon, malalaman natin ang kwento ng buhay niya through his own words. Meron kasi tayo ng autobiography niya. Ang title nito, From Barrio to Senado. Alam mo, Kat, may makakasama rin tayo ngayong special guests. Hello, I'm Joy Alampay. I'm the Executive Director of Asia Society Philippines. I'm the daughter of Dr. Juan Flavier. I'm uh, Dr. Jonathan David Aguila Flavier. Most of my friends call me John Dilang. I keep insisting that I am the improved version of uh, uh, former Senator and Secretary Juan Flavier only because he is uh, 4 feet and 11 inches tall and I am 5 feet 2 inches tall. Thanks, Dr. John D. Hi, Ms. Joy. Alam po namin na pinanganak ang daddy ninyo noong June 23, 1935. Pero anong klaseng pamilya po ba ang kinalakhan niya? Uh, my grandmother um, is from Hagonoy, Bulacan. And my grandfather is really from Gumaca, Quezon. Yung lola ko nakahanap ng trabaho sa Philippine Refining Company. Siya nagbabalot ng mga sabon doon. So sa Tondo, Manila talaga sila lumaki. Tapos nagsara yung kumpanya. So nawalan sila ng trabaho. So my grandparents decided to go to the mines sa Balatok. Ayon mismo sa autobiography ni Juan, mahirap ang buhay nila noong simula. Nagkakilala ang mga magulang niya sa isang factory ng sabon. Si Inay Kikay nagbabalot ng sabon. At si Itay Doming naman nagmamanufacture ng machine parts. Later on, nagbenta rin ng ukay-ukay si Inay Kikay para mapaaral ang mga bata. At nang tanungin siya ni Juan kung bakit siya pandak, ang sagot ni Itay Doming, wala kaming mapakain sa iyo eh. Noong sinabi naman ni Juan sa nanay niya na gusto niyang magdoktor, ang sagot nito, sa awa ng Diyos, gagawan natin ang paraan ng milagro. Animang mga kapatid ni Juan at siya ang nasa gitna. Sa Balatok Mines niya unang nakita ang socio-economic divide. Bagamat mas maganda ang sweldo ng tatay niya rito, mas maunlad ang buhay ng mga executive ng kumpanya. Karamihan sa kanila, mga Amerikano. Ang bahay ng mga bossing, mas malalaki, mayayabong ang mga hardin, at may sarili rin silang palikuran at paliguan. Sinahua naman kung hindi sa communal bath, sa ilog kumaligo. 1941 nang pumutok ang World War II. Six years old lang si Juan at kasisimula pa lang niyang mag-aral. Yung where he gets his uh, love of storytelling, galing pala sa lolo ko. Kasi you can imagine wartime, in shelters, or uh, when there's a blackout, uh, yung uh, lolo ko daw provided the entertainment. Siya yung magkwekwento na uh, apparently made up They sought shelter deep in the mountains of Benguet. Pero bilang bata, naging curious din si Juan sa mga nangyayari. 
imbis na magtago sa bomb shelters, they would climb pine trees to watch the American and Japanese planes in the air. Sa sobrang taas ng punong inaakyat nila, kita nila pati yung mga piloto while they were dropping bombs. Nang patapos na ang gyera, nabalitaan nila na napasakamay na ng mga Amerikano ang pangkasinan. Paubos ng food supply at syempre, ayaw nilang magutom. Kaya nagtangka silang pumunta ng linggayan. Pero nung umaga na dapat silang umalis, sumakit ang tiyan ni Doming. Sa sobrang tindi ng karamdaman nito, nagpaiwan ang pamilyang Flavier sa hideout nila. Parang blessing in disguise na rin. Kasi ang mga dapat kasama nilang pumunta ng linggayan, minasakir ng mga hapon. Natapos man ang gyera noong 1945, nagsara naman ang mga minahan. Lumipat ang pamilyang Flavier sa Baguio kung saan nakahanap ng trabaho si Itay Doming sa Camp John Hay bilang machinist. At si Juan, tuloy na tuloy na ang pag-aaral. Pag pumupunta kami sa Baguio noon at meron buhay pa noon yung mga teachers niya na favorite niya daw and siya yung favorite, kinikwento nila that he was smart and, and bright but also very helpful in the classes. Uh, marami siyang awards eh. And the one uh, he likes telling us was when he won a typewriting contest with their family not having a typewriter. <laughs> so, nag-drawing lang siya sa cardboard ng QWERTY uh, keyboards and practiced with that. Bukod sa pagiging bibo sa school at sa pag-uwi ng limpak-limpak na awards, isa ring aktibong bata si Juan. He would run around, gather firewood, plant crops, and make friends with the igorots. The kids even helped Itay Doming build their house. But of course, Juan didn't escape the usual childhood bullying. His classmates teased him about his height. Near tears, he was reassured by his teacher at tandang-tanda pa niya ang pangalan nito, si Miss Victorina Paraan. Ang sabi nito sa kanya, It's not the flagpole that matters, but the banner you carry. Nabuhayan si Juan dito and he excelled throughout his schooling at the Old Government Center Elementary School which is now the Mabini Elementary School in Baguio where he finished at the top of his class. And he also finished valedictorian at Baguio City High School. Actually, masipag din si Juan. Nagtrabaho siya bilang ballboy sa mga tennis court, naging caddy siya sa Camp John Hay, at naging waiter pa siya sa teacher's camp. Ang gusto niya sa trabahong to, Pwede daw niyang kainin yung tira. <laughs> Para nakaka-relate ata ako kay Dr. Juan dito. Pero noong 1952, Kat, mm. lumuwas ng Maynila si Juan para magkolehiyo sa University of the Philippines, Diliman. Aktibo siya sa student council at ang kanyang mentor ay si Father John Delaney, isang aktivistang Amerikano na takbuhan ng mga probinsyanong tulad ni Juan. At the time, namatay ang isang estudyante dahil sa hazing ng fraternity nito at tumakbo si Juan sa ilalim ng UP Student Catholic Action with the line, You call me brother and then you hurt me? Nanalo siya bilang representative ng College of Liberal Arts. Para kay Father Delaney, konektado ang fraternities sa mga sakit sa lipunan tulad ng corruption, nepotism, and inefficiency in government dahil pinoprotektahan ng fraternities ang mga miyembro nila kahit hindi natama. Right, but it was also through his student leadership that one caught the eye of the woman who would become his wife. He had been speaking at the AS Steps where the students would congregate in UP 
to condemn the killing of the neophyte when uh, my mom saw him for for the very first time and realized na ah yan yung classmate ko nabighani si Juan sa kanya he would gaze at her where she would sit in front of their philosophy class her hair was long and flowing down her back in his book Juan described Alma Susana Aguila as having good a winning smile a cheerful personality and a fragile build to go with the perfect height. Mine. Sana all, no? Isang malaking sana all. He asked their common friend to lead Susan to him during a school dance. After that, Susan and her friends asked him to tutor them for an assignment. Mm-hmm. One said it was, quote, the most dedicated tutoring I have ever done in my life. In 1961, a year after graduating from UP Medical School, Juan and Susan got married. Ang baduy, February 14, sila kinatay. <laughs> so, Kat, rewind lang tayo ng county at pag-usapan natin ang med school days ni Juan. Mm. Kakaiba siya kasi hindi siya mahilig sa mga textbook. Sa halip, ang binabasa niya ay yung mga pinakabagong medical journals sa school library. Pero alam mo, that meant mababa ang marka niya tuwing written exam. Well, Juan was, however, way ahead of the game pagdating sa practical side ng med school. Bilang machinist nga si Tatay Doming, he made probes, scalpels, and even stethoscopes for his son. At dahil dito, pagdating ni Juan ng second year, napakarami na niyang nagawang maliliit na surgery. Libreng tuli para sa mga pamangkin, pagtanggal ng mga cysts sa balat. Grabe nun, dami niyang nagawa na. But once real education happened in the emergency room of the Philippine General Hospital, sabi niya sa kanyang libro, We treated and managed and saw everything, it seemed. Joy and laughter in birth, surprise, at the infinite ways that people can hurt themselves and others. Pain was present in every conceivable case. I took time to talk to patients, as much for their therapy as my own sanity. Women pregnant with their sixth, seventh, eighth child made light of their poverty. Drunk men with holes in their heads owned up to their stupidity. Children, both young and old, learned to pray and asked me to join them occasionally. Namigay siya ng gamot at may libre pang biro pagkatapos. Para sa kanya, nakakatulong ang pagpapatawa sa paghilom. Obviously, hindi naging madali ang med school. Kung mag-duty daw sila, up to 48 hours at a time. Gising sa oras ng pagtulog at hirap namang makatulog pag pwede na magpahinga. Pero dito na pumapasok yung vocation. Bakit nga ba niya ito ginagawa? Doc John D? Nabalian yung playmate niya sa balatok pa yata o bagyo. Walang mag-attend to his friend. So hindi na set. Uh, yung uh, bone properly. So, nagkaroon siya ng uh, komang, yung deformity sa kamay. So, that's one uh, event, he says, uh, may have led him to uh, his uh, social service event. Naisip din ni Dr. Flavier ang pinakamatanda niyang kapatid na namatay sa isang infection. Pati na rin ang kuya niyang bingi. Kung may sapat na medical attention lang sana, naagapan pa kaya ito? Si Juan din mismo, Bingi sa kanyang kanang tenga. Nadiskubre ito sa isang check-up ng grade school siya at wala na rin nagawa upang i-reverse ito. His purpose became even clearer at the PGH 
where he met so many Filipinos in need. Ito ang sabi niya sa libro. My decision to serve them stemmed not so much from patriotism as a desire for social justice and my concept of what it is to be a doctor. But of course, he had grand ambitions as well. Ang plano niya was not what we see now. Na hindi ba doctor to the barrios, uh, public servant, public health. Uh, the way he narrates it, right after medical school, he also wanted to go to the States. Inadvertently, palakasan pa rin ang pagpunta sa U.S. Kasi for the whole country, all the medical graduates, parang 5 or 10 lang ang pwedeng uh, uh, makapunta sa States. Eh siya, hindi siya nasama sa list. Although nasa top siya sa board exams ng medicine. So he went to the board to inquire for the class. Bakit yung mga pumasa, ang konti from uh, their batch sa uh, UPPGH and explain sa kanya na ang proseso, may recommendations yung mga politicians at whoever. So doon pa lang nag-react na siya. Very vehemently, he accused that official of playing with their lives and not being uh, a proper uh, officer. Eh, because of that reaction, after a day or two, may bagong listahan. Kasama na siya. <laughs> so, as a matter of principle, hindi siya pumunta sa US for for further studies. Wow! Doc Flavier really stood by his principles. Yeah, at mabuti na lang nakilala ni Dr. Flavier si Dr. Y.C. James Yen. Siya ang ama ng rural development at isang Ramon Magsaysay awardee. Isa siyang guro na nagdala ng edukasyon sa mga masa sa China at gumawa siya ng simpleng paraan ng pagsusulat na nagamit ng mga mas nakararami. Dr. Yen that was introduced to him sat him down and said, Why don't you work for me? It's not really something that will give you a clinical practice, but it's more rebuilding your country. Parang ang vision nun is to empower the Filipinos. Two months after his wedding in 1961, Dr. Flavier packed his bags and took the bus to Nueva Ecija, where PRRM, or the Philippine Rural Reconstruction Movement was. Ang PRRM ay ang kauna-unahang offshoot ng movement na sinimulan ni Dr. Yen sa China. Ang mother organization nito ay ang International Institute of Rural Reconstruction na sa Pilipinas din itinatag, specifically sa Silang Cavite. Interestingly, nauna pang itatag ang Philippine branch kaysa sa international office. At that time, almost 80% of Nueva Ecija residents were farm tenants. This was also when the Hukbalahap were all over central Luzon. They were communist rebels who were guerrilla fighters in World War II. The governor wanted his people to have an option other than armed struggle. And that was rural reconstruction. The goal, according to the PRRM website, is community empowerment and education, local economy development, ecological sustainability, resiliency building, and health for all. Big words, no? Pero ganito siya in practice. Imagine nyo si Dr. Flavier, isang rare Pokemon sa isang village na bihira makakita ng medical practitioner. Inisa-isa niya ang mga bahay upang magpakilala. Tao po, ako po si Juan Flavier, doktor ng pararam. Yun ang tawag ng mga taga-baryo sa PRRM. Makikipagtsikahan siya, tapos makikipagsalo-salo sa tanghalian. 
Pagdating ng hapon, balik klinik siya upang i-check up ang mga pasyente, bata man o matanda. Ganito niya nakuha ang tiwala ng mga mamamayan. Yeah, think about it. At that time, more than three-fourths of the Filipino people were dying without ever seeing a doctor in their lives. At hindi lang kalusugan ng problema. There were no roads, no electricity, and no toilets. That barrio where Dr. Flavier was working, the average educational attainment wasn't even grade 4. Nagtaka nga mga magulang niya sa career path niya. Sayang daw ang pagpapaaral nila. Hindi naman ikinayaman ni Dr. Flavier ang trabahong ito. Ang bayad sa kanya, rutas, gulay, at alagang hayop. Sabi niya sa libro niya, I learned that when farmers are truly thankful, they can be overwhelming. I received so much produce in all my years that every time I drove back to Manila to join Susan, the back seat and trunk of my beat-up service beetle were always brimming with cabbages, lettuce, bananas, sayote, watermelons, and anything you could grow. At may isa pang exciting na kwento si Dr. Flavier. One hot evening when I was working late, there was a loud knock at home. When I opened the door, I was facing a man with the typical look of a thug. Nasaan ang tatay mo? He demanded. His voice was gruff and he smelled of sweat. Sino pong hanap niyo? I asked. Si Dr. Flavier. He replied. Ako po yun, I said. He seemed confused by this. Then, suddenly, in a subdued tone and with great effort and courtesy, he said in Tagalog, I am the father of Danilo whom you treated three days ago while I was on a trip to Cagayan. I just came to say thank you and say that if anyone ever makes trouble for you, I will kill him. Thank you, doctor. Sa PRRM, they preached family planning using agricultural metaphors para madaling maintindihan. And they taught mothers how to care for their children's health. They adapted to the situation and respected and accommodated traditional beliefs. Halimbawa, sa isang baryo. Maraming sanggol ang nagkakaroon ng tetanus dahil pala ito sa paggamit ng buho o bamboo blade para putulin yung umbilical cord. Ang unang nirekomenda ni na Dr. Flavier ay ang paggamit ng gunting. Pero hindi ito katanggap-tanggap sa mga residente kasi ang paniliwala pala nila Kapag gumamit ng hindi natural na instrumento sa panganganak, tatanda ang bata ng walang loyalty sa pamilya nito. Tinuruan na lang ng PRRM ang mga residente na pakuluan ng buho nang masanitize ito. Bumaba ang incidence ng tetanus at na-preserve pa nila ang paniniwala nila. At PRRM, they lived by these words. Go to the people, live among them, learn from them, plan with them, work with them, Start with what they know, build on what they have, teach by showing, learn by doing. So every day, I would hear them sing, Go to the people, live among them, learn from them, start with what they know. It, it was... At isinabuhay nga ito ni Dr. Flavier. Kumonsulta pa nga sila sa mga albularyo para ma-record at ma-verify ang mga health practices na alam ng mga ito. Nag-organisa rin sila ng mga kooperatiba at bumuo ng systems para maitransport ang tubig mula sa ilog paakyat sa mga nangangailangang komunidad. Nakipagtulungan sila sa pamahalaan sa layunin nitong magkaroon ng bawat bahay ng sanitary toilet. Tandaan nyo, this was the 1960s. Laganap ang gastrointestinal diseases. 
halos lahat ng mga batang Pilipino may bulati sa tiyan. At less than 20% lang ng mga bahay ang may toilet. Hindi naman nagkulang ang gobyerno sa pag-promote ng palikuran. Pero hindi nila naisip kung katanggap-tanggap nga ba ito sa mga taong gagamit nito. Yung unang version ng palikuran was a pit latrine, which was basically a hole in the ground. Not only could someone fall into them, pero sobrang baho pa nito. Sabi ng isang magsasaka na nakausap ni Dr. Flavier, mas gusto nilang dumami sa bukid. Hindi mabantot, pwedeng papalit-palit ng lokasyon, at nagiging pataba pa ang dumi sa lupa. Yung pangalawang version naman ng palikuran ay enamel toilet na deflush. Sobrang mahal naman ito. Kailangang isang tabi ng mga magsasaka ang kalahati ng taunang kita nila para lang makapag-install nito. Limang taong dinevelop ng PRRM ang isang toilet na sanitary, mura, at kayang i-construct mismo ng mga magsasaka. Nalaman nila sa kanila pamumuhay kasama ang mga residente na pangarap pala ng mga magsasaka na magkaroon ng mga concrete houses. Kaya ang mga toilet na ito ay gawa sa semento. The farmers were creative with it. They drew flowers and used leaves to create shapes and designs. One even engraved Dr. Flavier's name. Ang sabi ng magsasaka, Bawat umaga, Dok, pag tumingin ako sa ibaba, naiisip kita. Okay. Well, um, naging presidente ng PRRM si Dr. Flavier noong 1968. Tapos nag-aral siya sa Johns Hopkins University School of Public Health. Finally, natupad na rin ang pangarap niya makapag-America. Bumalik siya sa Pilipinas ng may master's degree in public health at na-appoint naman siya bilang vice president ng IIRR, ang mother organization ng PRRM. Later on, he would become its president. In all, he would spend 30 years in both organizations. Throughout his career, the Flavier family would live in Nueva Ecija, sa PRRM, sa Cavite, sa IIRR, And finally, sa sarili ng bahay sa Quezon City. The kids, John D., Jonet, James, and Joy, spent their childhood playing in the outdoors, just like their father when he was a child in Benguet. Mom was the one who was more worried kasi ang daming mga workers doon, so we were the toys on the compound. So some of them would inadvertently borrow me or uh, my brother and then bring us to wherever they'd uh, be going. So mawawala kami for hours at a time. <laughs> Adventure for us, pero you can imagine what that's like for my uh, mom. We would drive from from our home in Quezon City to to go to my dad uh, in, in Silang, Cavite. And all we'd see are vast fields and then puro palayan. If you will imagine a training center in the province na may mga maliliit na cottages, may dormitory, pero all around you are fields of grass na puro green lang. May housing then for for the other staff. And because they had wide fields, they would have baseball competition, bowling, ganyan. There was a kindergarten there where the younger kids can can be left by the staff na may mga young kids. Andiyan ka lang, lalabas ka. Yung mga kapitbahay mo, may mga iba-ibang animals then It was a very blessed childhood that, that we were able to grow up in. Dr. Flavier loved rural life. He learned from the people. And it was in the barrios that he experienced many firsts. 
the first time to plant and harvest rice, the first time to build a toilet, the first time to try carabao meat, bayawak, and even snake, the first time to meet a hukbalahap, to talk to an NPA, to drink with soldiers. In IIRR, he would help triple the average household income in the area. By 2001, more than 10,000 development workers from all over the world would have undergone training here. But he wouldn't stay in the barrios forever. President Fidel V. Ramos appointed Dr. Flavier as health secretary in 1992. Flavier was 56 years old by this time. Initially, he was feeling, no, parang why, why would they want somebody that is not uh, a glamorous doctor or, you know, a hospital administrator to be the Secretary of Health? Pero yun nga, narealize na lang din niya na every step of the way and, and each of his experiences really helped in putting together his programs each year uh, that, that he was in the department. First few days pa lang, meron ng assign kay dad as Secretary of Health na one or two vehicles full of uh, police o ano, parang escort niya. So after one week, sabi niya, hindi, hindi pwede sa akin yung may ganyang karami na <laughs> palaging bumubuntot. So natanggal yon And uh, ang joking uh, narrative niya, ang lakas kumain eh, mauubos sweldo ko sa, <laughs> sa dalawang sasakyan na puno ng babantay. Kaya... Hindi na lang. Tsaka yung sinasabi niya nun eh, uh, I'm a government person, so it's the people who will protect me. Now we have another guest. Someone who worked with Dr. Flavier when he was Secretary of Health. Uh, I'm Susan Pineda Mercado or Susie Mercado. I'm a public health practitioner. I'm a medical doctor and I was his head executive assistant. Nagulat po kami actually no nagre-research kami na tatlong taon lang po pala siya sa DOH. Sa tingin niyo po, bakit hanggang ngayon, tandang-tanda pa rin siya ng mga tao? Well, Manam Johnny was really a very charismatic, folksy leader. He is associated with very important public health campaigns on family planning, HIV, tobacco, even hypertension. We plotted out 23 different campaigns which became well known because he was a good spokesperson. He didn't need coaching. He didn't need a lot of experts to tell him what to say. He just knew because he was a public health person. He knew. He knew how to communicate. Saka po si Secretary Flavier, lagi nagpapatawa, no? Hindi po kailangan palaging seryoso ang approach para maging effective ang programs ng DOH. No, no, definitely. I think he believed that every campaign should be light and funny. He understood that fear does not work with Filipinos. He knew that the best thing to do is to poke fun at yourself. And he did that a lot. And people loved that because he was so reachable in that sense. He was not distant or difficult to relate to because he would talk about his height. He would talk about, you know, not knowing how to spell things, not pronouncing things properly. That's such a Pinoy thing. And what was he like po as a leader? He didn't like fuss. So Manong Johnny was like, he wanted to be in the field. He wanted to be with people. He didn't want people fussing about him. He removed a 
sort of tradition of welcoming the Secretary of Health with a feast. And I think on the second day of his stint as Health Secretary, he declared that when I go to visit you, I want you to serve me boiled peanuts, mais, yung, yung native mais, or nilagang kamote. No? Walang paghahanda. Ayoko nang gumagastos kayo dahil dadating ako. See, coming from the top, that sent a very strong message to the field that this guy just wants to work. He was also a very empowering leader. So if there was something that he didn't really know or understand, he would ask us to study it. And then when he'd listen to us, he'd say, wow, I can say that and I'll sound intelligent. Wow, he sounds like such a great boss. Ngayon mapunta naman po tayo sa programs niya. Nabanggit ko po nung simula ng episode yung ceasefire for children. What was that like, Doc Susie? We had to fly, I think it was into Bongao, Tawi-Tawi. And he was looking at his notes and he said, I have to tell everyone that I am the Secretary of Health of all Filipinos. Christians, Muslims, Buddhists, whatever their beliefs are. Because we were asking both sides to lay down their arms and we wanted a ceasefire for children. He gave that speech everywhere. Ako po ang Secretary of Health na lahat ng Pilipino. Ano man yung paniniwala nyo, wala akong sinisino. Parang basta para sa akin lahat ng bata, kailangan mabakunahan lahat ng Pilipino. Miss Joy, kayo po. Alam ko po malaki rin ang role nyo sa immunization campaign na ito. Balita ko, kayo rin ang naging literal na poster child ng vaccination. At sumama pa kayo sa vaccination activities. Personally, yung parang touching for me was after ang dami pa rin pockets of areas that hindi pa rin napuntahan. Dahil nga masyadong liblib, hindi rin nila nadala yung mga children nila. At that time naman, my brother was active in the UP Mountaineers. So my dad called them and said, we need to go to them. So nag-organize yung Department of Health noon with the UP Mountaineers ng I think 10 groups. And then each group had at most nurses who know how to inoculate. So ang, ang sinuyod nung groups na yon is Palawan. So I joined one team. My brother was in another team. And we were trained. And kami yung nag-house to house dun sa mga areas na hindi inabot ng ano. So imagine na we had yung cold chain na portable. Tapos nandun yung polio drops at saka pang injection. Actually, our producer si Trisha... She remembers taking the polio drops at that time. It's been 30 years since then at kita mo naman, lasting talaga ang impact nitong kampanyang ito. Alam mo Kat, there's actually a funny story about this in Dr. Flavier's book. Mm. So he presented the idea to Ramos and his cabinet. The National Immunization Program would be the DOH first initiative. And he told the president, Sir, if we work together, we can eradicate polio by 1998. Palakpakan yung cabinet, tapos yung seatmate ni Flavier, si Labor Secretary Nieves Confessor, binulungan siya. What if we cannot eradicate polio by 1998? At ang sagot lang ni Flavier, don't worry, President Ramos' term ends in 1998. But of course, they were able to eradicate polio. Wow. Yeah, and Dr. Flavier also tells the story of a farmer writing them a letter to thank them for immunizing their child. 
the farmer said it was the first time he felt government touch his life. Oh, uh, grabe naman yun. Hmm. And nasabi mo kanina, Sam, di ba? Memorable sa'yo yung Yossi Kadiri na campaign. Noong 90s kasi, uso yung term na, Kadiri! <laughs> Tapos sinamahan pa nila ng mascot, na pangit yung hipin, nanlilisik yung mga bata, with a cigarette in hand, to show the bad effects of smoking. And this was all over television. And of course, who can forget Secretary Flavier's campaign for reproductive health and his fight against HIV and AIDS? Reproductive health was one of his uh, flagships. Kasama din sa plano niya about the AIDS campaign, right? It was also one of the things that he was vilified for because he would always talk about AIDS in the context of ABC, diba? Uh, abstinence, being faithful to your wife, pero may letter C. Pag hindi ka nag-abstain or ano, gumamit ka ng condom. Because nga high profile siya and, and his campaigns were really hinged on communications and outright campaigns. Then the church started frowning on, on the approach. But one incident that was very hurtful to him, but he just accepted it. Kasi he's, he was really uh, a Roman Catholic. There was a mass, I'm not sure for who, but it was a public mass and then it was already communion time. Tapos so pumila siya dun sa communion and he wasn't given the communion. Grabe naman, Miss Joy. Parang all because of that campaign. Oo. It reached that point. But then at the end of the day, based on surveys that they've done, even Catholic women want access to the methods, to all the methods. Oh nga po, Miss Joy. In fact, Dr. Flavier recalled in his book how in one of his barrio clinics, he overheard a mom of six who was with her five-year-old son talking to other women while waiting for their turn for a checkup. Sabi nung nanay, tinutunaw ko itong lokong to pero matibay talaga, nabuo pa rin. And Dr. Flavier noticed how there was no embarrassment, guilt, or shame in her story. The other women even found it amusing. As the women in the room discussed the difficulties of raising many children, the doctor couldn't help but understand what pushed people to do what they didn't want to do. At the DOH, their family planning program was their way of preventing women from dying. At that time, seven women died every day on average because of problems related to pregnancy. Even worse, 30 women died every day because of having an abortion. Dr. Flavier wanted to avoid abortion through family planning. At that time, 800 babies were aborted every day because they were unwanted or unplanned. He also advocated family planning to reduce infant deaths. At that time, 150 infants every day did not survive their first 24 hours because they weren't properly fed in the womb or they were born too close to a sibling. What kept him from backing down in the middle of adversity, he said, was a clear sense of what he knew. At pagdating sa public health, marami siyang alam. Alam din niya kung kanino siya accountable. Alam niya kung sino ang pinagsisilbihan niya. At dahil dito, alam din niya kung kaninong mga boses ang pwede niyang isantabi. Tumakbo siya at nanalo sa pagkasenador noong 1995 at na re-elect noong 2001, nanungkulan siya hanggang 2007. 
the initial reaction of the people was, Teka, asa na si Senator Flavier? but ang tahimik niya? but wala kaming naririnig tungkol sa kanya? Ganyan-ganyan. Sabi naman niya, I'm not gonna act like I'm still in the executive branch and I would be an action person. But then, sabi niya, uh, I, I'm happy that I'm here. I'm happy that I, I won because now all the things that I have done, I can institutionalize. Uh, although wala na siya nun when finally the reproductive health law became a law, the tobacco control uh, law, he was also instrumental. Doc Susie? The industry lobby was really so strong. However, for me, the fact that he was able to get it out of advertising of television, radio, and print was a major victory because he knew that he needed media on his side in order to move the tobacco control agenda forward. And he was also known as Mr. Quorum. Why was that? So he was a favorite and he was called Mr. Quorum. Because any of the senators would call his office and say, Andiyan ba si Dr. Flavier? Kailangan namin ng, ano, ng quorum para matuloy, na, matuloy yung hearing. So he loved that role na, Sige, tawagin niya lang ako. Because for him, that's all his process of learning. As the guy any senator can call up at any time to rescue a committee hearing from oblivion, he helped file more than 500 bills. We have him to thank for the Traditional and Alternative Medicine Act for an act prescribing measures for the prevention and control of diabetes mellitus, for the AIDS Prevention and Control Act, for the Food Fortification Act, and more. In 2014, at the age of 79, Senator Flavier passed away after succumbing to pneumonia. Miss Joy, what do you miss about your dad? What I, I miss about him most is yung pag-uwi siya, paalis na siya sa Senate and our phone would ring. And then every one of us would know na ah, si daddy na yan. We, when we'd answer, he would just ask, pauwi na ako, ano ulam? <laughs> Alam mo yun, yung, yun talaga, every single day, every single day. He likes writing kahit no occasion. And uh, I think, the most that I, I miss about him is yung ano lang, nagpapasalubong. Yung mahilig siyang, kahit ano, kahit ano lang na, kunyari may pin siyang nakuha, nakuha dun sa event niya that afternoon. Eh ako lang naman na nasa bahay, ba? So, oto, alam ko, nagko-collect ka. So yeah, in, in short, he's very thoughtful. Oo, sweet naman. And Doc Susie kayo. What is it that you want listeners or those who never experienced his leadership to know about him? And what should we take away from his legacy as we become leaders ourselves? I think when young people, particularly doctors and public health students, look at the life of Johnny Flavier, I would like them to see that he listened to a different drummer. Very early on, the joke was Johnny Flavier was a toilet doctor. But actually, he was doing work on water and sanitation, which if you don't address that, then you can't fix so many infectious disease problems in the country. Back in the day when he was a a resident or a young practicing doctor, the prestige went to those who were cardiologists or surgeons or ophthalmologists. So someone in public health was like a second-class person. Johnny Flavier changed that. He made 
public health a prestigious career path for doctors in the Philippines. And I think he will continue to be the icon or the model for how a public health doctor can change things for millions of people through very simple strategies. Many doctors train hard and work long hours to save one patient. And that's a great thing because every life is valuable. But in a country like the Philippines, where a great majority suffer from so many preventable diseases, he put that high on the agenda. For him, his focus was going to be prevention. Manong Jani will be the icon for true public health leadership and community-oriented work and strong communication that empowers ordinary people to take better care of themselves. You've been listening to Bago Ang Lahat, isang podcast ng Youth Leadership for Democracy or Youth-Led, which is a project of the Asia Foundation and the United States Agency for International Development, powered by Puma Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Ventura. And I'm Sam Madriaga. Kung gusto nyo pang kilalanin si Dr. Juan Flavier, basahin nyo ang kanyang mga libro. Marami siyang naisulat. And promise, hindi lang siya malaman, pero nakakatawa talaga. As in, pwede kayong magsimula sa From Barrio to Senado, an autobiography. This episode was written and produced by Trisha Aquino. It was edited by Carl Sayat. Subscribe to Bago Ang Lahat on Spotify or wherever you listen. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.